Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we have got a great guest on. She's one of our Open to Hope riders and is a person who inspires a lot of people in the grief and healing process. And we're going to talk about grief inspired because she's an inspirational person. So Heidi, would you like to introduce her? Sure, I'd love to. So as you said, Mom, we're going to be talking about grief inspired today with Catherine McNulty. And Catherine's six-week-old son died um, and she wondered if happiness was ever possible again. Well, she ended up transforming her, her suffering into hope, resiliency, and joy. And she's going to today tell us how she did that. She is the author of The Gifts of Grief, What Are They? Welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be back. Talk about your initial loss, because I know there are a lot of people that are watching this and wondering. Yeah, so my initial loss, so surprisingly enough, it's going to be 10 years this December, from when my son was born, he was born on December 15th of 2010. Um, he was premature. He lived for six weeks. We had a um, both scary and an okay experience in the NICU before um, we, we made the decision to uh, take him off life support. And so that was really one of the hardest decisions that, that we ever made. And so it's been 10 years since then, since I've been trying to you know, it, it took me about a good two or three years to, to feel like I was really starting to heal. And when I came out of that, I said, you know, this could have been easier. And so that's where grief inspired came out of because, you know, I didn't understand grief and what that was about. I didn't understand, you know, what I needed to learn and I didn't have any tools. And you know, now we have the internet. And so things are so much more pervasive, even than they were 10 years ago. Um, you know, but it's still, you know, what I do today is really breaking through getting people to talk about grief and getting people to actually go ahead and get support um, because so many people don't, but it's been, it's been a long journey. Um, it's not something that's, you know, it's not easy. Um, but I think my overwhelming message is you know, particularly to mothers who have lost babies, that it doesn't necessarily just mean you have a life ache of a life of heartache and despair. Mm -hmm. um, that you can actually find joy again, and it's not instantaneous, obviously, and there's no magic pill to it. Um, but I think that that it can be the situation and the suffering can be transformed. What do you wish you had known? Yeah, so well, with Grief Inspired, I have three pillars and, and the pillars of Grief Inspired are really around those th three things. And mm -hmm. it's one, I didn't know anything about grief. I didn't know about the grief response. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was normal. And so I think that the first pillar is, okay, you just have to understand what is this grief thing? All of a sudden you lose someone and you have to, just figure it out um, because, you know, up until I had lost my son, no one had ever really even, you know, talked about it with me. Um, and then secondly, I think I spent a very long time in personal development and healing within 
right? We so often look externally for things to, to fix us, so to speak, or to heal. And, and some of that healing is going within um, and learning who we are and what's important and what we value. Um, and then thirdly, you know, all of these things relate to, to change because grief changes you, particularly, you know, deep, deep loss um, changes you. Like you just, you cannot be the same person moving forward. And so all of a sudden, you know, for me and particularly my life, everything about my life changed and my relationship with the world changed. And so I had to figure that out too. Um, and what my path forward was going to be. Right. And so for me, my path is this, right. And do, and, you know, promoting grief inspired and getting people to talk about grief. And they call me the grief lady now, you know, in my, in my general circle, like that was the path for me. But what I help my mothers do is figure out like, what is their path? And it doesn't necessarily have to be anything big, but it does need to bring meaning to our life because I think that there has to be meaning mm -hmm. out of the suffering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to me when you say this could have been easier. I resonate with that. I, I just don't, it seems like, well, when my son was killed and Heidi's brother, it, it, although I want to tell you something, I was an expert in grief and loss at the time, quote, supposedly. I taught at <laughs> university, I taught grief and loss. I did all that. But I found myself taking the journey. And what about the biological aspects of grief? I mean, uh, that connection, that cellular connection, I'm, I'm starting to resonate with that. So I did cellular connection and, and what we physically, the body has to adjust also. Well, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, across the board, you know, grief is physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, you know, everything changes. And so, yeah, I mean, my background is in biochemistry. Yeah. Um, and so I find, yeah, I find the, the biological response to grief to be very interesting. I've recently um, started using aromatherapy mm -hmm. um, and learning more about what's called the aroma freedom technique. So that again, because I'm just constantly looking for anything that's going to help us heal. And everybody has, you know, different things that they resonate with. And, so um, what, what's the, what's the aroma technique? Is it smelling different essential oils or? Yes. So, um, so it was, it was designed by a man named uh, Dr. Benjamin Perkis, who was a clinical psychologist mm -hmm. who actually got involved with a young living organization who promotes essential oils. And, you know, I happened to get involved just, you know, on the side with my friends and turns out he has this whole aroma freedom technique that's very um, similar to, to what EMDR does, right? I've wow. used EMDR in the past. Rapid eye desensitization for people who don't know what that is. Apparently, if, if your eyes track, then your mind can't remember in the same way. You know, and it's all, it's all the neurobiology, which also yeah, completely exactly. fascinates me, but it's tapping into you know, the neurobiology of the brain using scent to tap into those centers, pulling it forward and being able to reprogram the experience of grief or trauma or loss. Have you heard anything about oxytocin? Yes, yes. Yeah. So that, that's the happy hormone. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. A, a friend of mine, K-Pop Stroller, actually wrote a book about it. It's on, you can get it through Amazon. 
on using oxytocin for grief. He used it when oh, his son was interesting. So that's kind of interesting. What are some things biochemistry, you know, body-wise, or what, what can I do? What are some things? Right. Well, you know, the first thing that I tell everybody is you have to not do it alone. So mm -hmm. whatever type of loss you have, um, you need to sit with people, or in this case, maybe even beyond Zoom calls, with other people who have experienced a similar type of loss, mm -hmm. right? Because there's just a, there's a knowing and a connection that I think we sometimes underestimate. Mm -hmm. Just being in the same space with people who get it. You know, when I deal with grieving mothers, you know, who have, you know, lost their infants, well, that's a different type of loss. And so people, people can't relate to that. Um, you know, and I mean, for me, I can't even relate to people who have lost their parents because my, both, my parents are both alive. So, so being with, you know, an environment where there's other people who have done it, I think that's probably the most important thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, secondly, I just say acknowledging that it does have a physical, biological, mental, emotional, you know, so often we just try to keep going on with our lives and act like it doesn't affect us. Well, we right? also spend a lot of time doing talk therapy and I'm not sure, uh, you know, that's great, but there, there are other aspects. You know, I worry a little bit about losing the galvanic skin response. The galvanic skin response is when you touch someone physically skin to skin. So yes. no shaking hands, no hugging. Uh, those, we're losing that piece of the response, which is a healing has the healing aspects of it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, and that's, yeah, that's another thing is I would tell, you know, again, anybody, even if you don't wanna go out with other people, you can still hire a masseuse these days, right? Mm -hmm. Who will come into your home and, and yeah. practice safely. And yeah, but, but, but that, that touch, I mean, it's proven, it's proven biologically how, how important that is, absolutely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, being with other people, what are some more things that you recommend if I'm newly yeah, I would say, you know, finding someone who can really guide you through it. I mean, I think, you know, you mentioned talk therapy and how sometimes that doesn't work. You know, if you, if you believe at all in, you know, the talk around the law of attraction, right? Like if you sit and you talk all day long about how miserable you are, you're really only bringing more misery to you. With talk therapy, you know, I think sometimes that's good, but I think that, that we can also even, you know, I did this when I was in therapy is you can tend to ruminate over and over again about all the things that are negative. And the law of attraction says that you're going to attract more of what you spend time doing. Um, so for someone who, for example, has lost a child, I'd say, well, let's, let's spend some time talking about what that child brought into your world. That yes, there's this big gaping hole in our hearts, but at the same time, what did they bring to you? What is the love? Um, because so many people get scared that the love, they're going to forget the love of their child or their baby. And like, that just doesn't happen. But, but we don't know that early on because right. all we can feel is the pain. It's kind of, you know, like sitting, sitting in darkness, you know, in a dark room, and if you don't acknowledge that there is light outside of that room, you're never going to know to go and look for that. So it's, so it's knowing that the light is there and saying, okay, I'm working, you know, and being very positive saying, 
Like I'm just working toward the light. I don't know how long it's going to take me to get there, but I know that that light is there. I know that I can recover well, from this. I know that I can be happy again and feel okay with being happy. Um, you know, well, well and Catherine, and Catherine, the thing is now you have that knowledge. Yes. So it sounds like that's the knowledge you wish you had really known at the beginning. And that's what so many people want to know. Like they, if they knew that they would have meaning again, they have purpose and they'd have joy. I don't think they would suffer as long as they do sometimes. Uh, yeah. I, well, I totally agree. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, I was just, I was just on, I do Sunday lives every day mm -hmm. or every week. And, you know, I jumped on there this week and, and the mother said, you know, I buried my son on Monday. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's, you know, and, and it was remarkable because like tears instantly came to my eyes because I remember that yeah. even though it's been 10 years. So the pain doesn't necessarily go away, but I'm crying now instead of crying for me, I'm crying for her because I know the depth of that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, my first comment is always like, you can get through this. Like there right. is hope, right? You can get through this and we just have to figure out how to do that for you. The other piece of that I think is important is as a bereaved parent is that you can, you go there sometimes it hurts your heart you remember but you come back very quickly and in a way you cherish that because mm -hmm. you can still go to that depth and and in the therapy world we always say if you can't feel really sad you can't feel really happy right continuum so the joy that okay. can come you know when you've been through the process is, is pretty amazing don't you think Heidi Absolutely. Yeah. You need Again, to feel it's that building that resiliency muscle, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and like you said earlier, Gloria, you said, you know, you, you can do all the grief teaching, right. And you can have all the knowledge, but when it happens to you, I mean, I had this experience recently too. I'm like, wait a minute, I know how to do this. Like I have yeah. all the skills, but there's a, you have to be able to, you know, it's a practice to build that resiliency mus muscle and remember, you know, how to get, how to get back, right. And, and bounce back. You know, I, I wanted to ask you, I know you work with um, uh, infertility as well as um, miscarriage, as well as infant loss. Is there any difference when you work uh, with people who have infertility and um, miscarriage and a loss? Are there any difference between those well, yeah, I would say yes and no. I think mm -hmm. that similarity is the grief response. I think that we all tend to have a similar type of grief response. Um, it may change over time, but the response in general, I think is the same. So there's elements that are there. But I think, you know, miscarriage, people tend to think that because they haven't physically seen the baby, um, or the baby was younger, they feel less validated um, mm -hmm. in feeling grief. And so I try to remind people that, you know, it's just as valid from the moment you think, you know that you're pregnant, even maybe from the moment when you're wanting to get pregnant, right? Um, and you're not, that can create a grief response. And then infertility, that's just a whole different, <laughs> that's a whole different ballgame. I spent a year um, in fertility treatments and 
talk about biologically what happens to your body. The thing that I realized too, the grief that I had was for the future. Because yes. like you said, the minute you decide you want to get pregnant, you're like way ahead of yourself. The baby's going to be born here and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then I'm going to have a child three years later. I mean, you plan your whole life the second you're even thinking in those, you know, in that department. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why, yeah, a lot of times I'll say, you know, you have to create a new path for your life because you had one that just like you said, you had an expected future that was all mapped out that you planned. You know, I don't know why we always go to their, like the kid's wedding or their kid's graduation. (laughs) But we do. Um, And so, you know, what happens though is that path ends, Mm -hmm. right? And that doesn't necessarily, it just means you have to pick a new path. Yeah, gone are the days of just suffering in silence and just, Mm -hmm. you know, shutting yourself in and just being miserable. I just just don't want that, right? I don't want that for anyone. Like to me, that is the most lonely, most, you know, despairful place. And we just, you know, we don't need to be there. Um, I don't think it has to be that way. Well, Catherine, tell us what you're doing. Really excited about this. So this is my new program that I'm launching and it's called Walking Through Grief, A Year of Inspiration for Grieving Moms. And I had a friend who called me up one day and she told me, she was just sobbing. And I, and I said, what is wrong? Um, and she had lost her son to suicide. And, you know, the immediate thing, you know, my, my reaction jumped into sponsor. I said, okay, we are going to meet every Monday um, at 8 a.m. And I talked to her every Monday at 8 a.m. for a year. And I'll tell you what, I'm so proud of her. She did more learning and more growth in that year than I probably did in five years. Mm-hmm. And so that's where this course came from. And so it's weekly meetings every week for a year where you're going to get like a dose of hope. You're going to get support from other moms. You get, you know, you learn what your path is going to be or what it could be. You learn about grief and you just find a little inspiration and hope each and every week so that you don't have to walk it alone. Right. It's, and it's walking through and it's doing it together. And I think that that's the big missing component. My book is on Amazon. It's called the gifts of grief. Um, so you can find me and then everywhere else you can find me on grief inspired. My website is griefinspired.com. So if you just Google grief inspired, you will find me everywhere. <laughs> All right. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for being on our show. You're a delight. Oh, thank you so much too. And thanks everybody for joining us on the show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.